asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking career cushioning, AI at the Warehouse Club, and overdraft fee elimination. AI in the Warehouse Club almost sounds like a song. Everybody in the a Warehouse Club a getting AI in, the, <laughs> AI in the club. It's not TI in the club. <laughs> That's a completely different kind of club. <laughs> much less entertaining <laughs> type of club. The only only fancy club I'm a member of. Uh, welcome to episode 777. I feel like if, uh, if this was a slot machine, man, you'd be getting the big bucks uh, <laughs> with this episode. But this is a Friday flight, and we're going to talk about the story, the most interesting personal finance stories that we've come across from this past mm-hmm. week. Yeah, okay, so... Before we get to that, and this is actually kind of timely, Matt. I'm sure a lot of people signed up uh, on, for Peacock literally just to watch the big game. Was it last weekend, this past weekend? Oh. Kansas City okay. versus Miami Dolphins. I know you, you're not super into sports. The big game. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I honestly rarely watch sports too. Did you pull it up? I did pull it up. Nice. I watched it. Um, my father in law is a massive Chiefs fan. Okay. And I was also like, one. What's it look like to play football in negative twenty five degrees? I'm just a little curious. I thought they, I thought they postponed the game. That was a different one. That was the Ow. Bills game. Okay, because the snow. I saw the stories about this. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't. They can get enough folks working twenty dollars an hour right. in order to. I, well, saw, I saw that. They upped their pay at least from last year. It used yeah, to be fifteen bucks. An hour. <laughs> and you could not pay me fifteen bucks an hour to shovel snow in Buffalo, New York. I just Sorry. saw. I just saw one guy with his shirt off sliding down the snow chute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there were a lot of people with their shirts off at, in Kansas City too. I guess and, it's just the thing that they do. I, don't I know. think so. Well, uh, well, yeah. That's a great reminder to cancel that membership. Yeah. Uh, similarly, because uh, you might have signed up for the one game. And 
exactly. you're like, there's nothing else I care about. You don't want to get hit with that that charge once yeah. it comes around I think again. It's four ninety nine a month, but still. Uh, well, I was going to say the same thing is true if you sign up for a Prime membership because I think around the holidays a lot of oh, folks right. do that and they're like, oh, maybe now's a good time to check out that thirty day free trial. And guess what? You're coming up on the end of that thirty days. We always do have Amazon Prime typically, but it's under Kate's name under her email address. Mm-hmm. And around Christmas, I want to make sure that she isn't seeing those orders go through. So I always sign up for my own Prime account there before the holidays. Uh, that way, I'm able to place my own orders that way. So you just pay an extra 13 bucks and you get the one month well, membership. Sort of it's thing. free. Like it's a free. Uh, typically, it's a free 30 day trial every year. No, uh, I don't know about years past, but I. I canceled it, so it was, okay. on, it was on the calendar for this past Monday. So I can, on yeah. Monday, I, I canceled it. You guys said that it all on the calendar. Yeah, it's uh, that way, you don't lose sight of those different memberships. Just put it on there ahead of time. The other thing you can do is right when you sign up for the thing, literally cancel it immediately because you still get the free seven days or free thirty days or whatever it is. A lot typically, of times you do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just make sure that that's the case. But it'll say like, oh, okay, cool. This will. That we won't charge you any recurrent. Like you'll be done thirty days from now. So. Unless they're like, "All right, that's the end of your service," and then you're like, "Oh no, shoot!" Yeah, and then yeah. you go to sign up again, and they're like, "I'm sorry, you've already that's tried right. your free, <laughs> your free trial." Yeah, just make sure when you're canceling on the day you sign up that that's what it says. Because sometimes they will say, "Great, we're eliminating your service now." Just depends on the provider. Suck it, Joel. That's what, that's what they say to you. <laughs> Those jerks. Uh, all right, Matt. Let's move on to the Friday flight. The sampling of stories we found interesting this week. And this just kind of stuck out to me because there's like a cutesy term name for everything now. Remember, we've talked about cash stuffing, which is really just the envelope system that's been around for a long time, just with a cute new word attached to it or a phrase. And so apparently there's a new trend now called career cushioning. And it's really just something that's been around for a whole bunch of years, but also with a cutesy new name. And yeah, but career cushioning is is just smart. <laughs> it's just like basic intelligence essentially when it comes to navigating your career and planning for contingencies right it's something we've talked about regularly over the years this trend is is something that we think should be an ongoing reality for anyone in the workforce so what is career cushioning and how do you cushion your career well there there are a few aspects to this one save more money, right? The bigger the emergency fund, the more money you have in savings, the less harsh a layoff becomes for you. Now, we've talked about this before. Friends or family members who get laid off and they just don't have much in savings, they feel compelled to take the first job offer that comes Mm -hmm. along, even if it kind of hamstrings their career or means less money. That's right. Two, networking, right? Digging the well before you're thirsty, as we say all the time here. Staying in contact with others in your industry regularly via email, text, coffee dates, stuff like that. That is a huge part of career success. Like the numbers don't lie. Networking, uh, who you know, and maintaining those relationships matters in a big way. We talk about calendar reminders. Set a calendar reminder for every Monday or Tuesday morning or something like that at 9.30. Send an email or a text. Follow Reach up with to a previous coworker, perhaps, maybe an old, yeah. bo- old boss. The, uh, the coffee dates slash drinks with friends. I'm sure this is your favorite aspect of career cushioning. I like socializing. <laughs> yeah, I like getting people. Getting out there and seeing folks. Always. And so, but even if it's just a quick text or an email, it'll take three or four minutes. But doing that once a week, making it a habit, will help you when it comes to, hey, you never know. Maybe there's a job that that, that isn't even listed that you are a great, highly qualified for. And just because you've maintained those relationships, you get the offer, you get the call. And three, continuous learning, right? Boosting your skills on the reg. And we're not saying that there's going to be uh, like some sort of recession or massive uptick in layoffs in 2024. I mean, that could happen, but no matter the macro environment, career cushioning is just common sense. Yeah. Regardless of what's going on in the economy. Uh, And by the way, we've talked about this before. 
actually just last week for a second even, but new data finds that remote workers are actually missing out on promotions. It's not just anecdotes and and claims from managers and CEOs anymore that are getting quoted (laughs) in these articles, but actual data. And here's a quote. Over the past year, remote workers were promoted 31% less frequently than folks who worked in an office either full-time or on a hybrid basis. So even just showing up a little bit helps significantly, and this is known as proximity bias but it's an understandable human reality if you're seen and folks see you it's like all right you you care about what you see what's yeah. there in front of you well it's a classic out of sight out of mind too right yeah that's the yeah that's <laughs> in the, i'll say in the converse of, of what i was trying to remember i don't see you i don't love you i think is what you were trying to say <laughs> uh, but if you work from home full time just be aware of this reality uh because the truth is being able to work from home and you know potentially claw hours of your life back every single day that actually might be worth this trade-off but it might not. And so it just depends on what you want your life to look like. And it depends on where you're at in your career. But these are important facts to have on hand when making a decision. Uh, I think a lot of folks might even be confused because they're thinking, man, for the past four years, I've been working from home this entire time. In fact, I bet there's some 25 year olds out there who have graduated from college and they've never actually had to go into the office. And they're (laughs) thinking, what is this new reality that you're thrusting and this responsibility that you're making me follow? And fact is man like back during lockdowns that was like a very unique special point in time that was not normal (laughs) and and that is just no longer the reality and we're slowly reverting back to whether you like it or not I'm, i'm not making a case for or against it but regardless we're moving back to how life used to be when it comes to the work environments and what's expected from our bosses i think that's kind of true i think hybrid work is still like would not be where it is today if it weren't for the pandemic and i think there's a lot of those kind of flex working conditions Mm -hmm. are great for a lot of employees and employers the the thing is if you're all work from home i think those are the people who lose out the most even if you're just in two days a week in the office two days a week that can drastically improve your chances at promotions and raises and again like you said matt some people might say i'm just waiting on the study though for the five days a week in person versus the two days a week in person i'm just i'm sure those numbers will will surface soon maybe but i think as long as you're in there at least some you get some face time absolutely that that matters a great deal that has definitely been proven yeah and and there's trade-offs to everything and you might say it's not worth it i get paid enough i like my job and you know what commuting is the worst and you're not wrong about that commuting is terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> so just you got to know the trade-offs though yep. involved and maybe you're at the point in your career where full-time work from home makes sense because you're not looking to grow in the same way that maybe somebody who's earlier on in the career is that's right um, all right now let's get to warehouse club news my favorite let's kind talk of about news. the club it's time <laughs> that's right. so sam's club it has announced that they're going to stop checking your receipt on the way out the door and it, basically, you walk out, and there's, uh, I guess, a newfangled video sort of contraption that's checking instead of a human, you know, with the Sharpie marking through your receipt. Like, I haven't been to Sam's Club in a minute, but that's what happens at Costco, right? Mm-hmm. And this is now one of my favorite use cases for AI. Uh, there's all this talk about it ruining society or, you know, massive job loss and upheaval. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. But this, this is where AI is going to shine, right? Yeah. That you don't have to wait, talk to a human, get your receipt marked through well, on the you, way out you the don't, door. You don't even have to talk to them. It's just like my biggest annoyance is the fact that... I always draw smiley faces for my the, kids. It's the smiley face. Yes. I don't know. So listeners, nice the Costco's that are near you, I'm not sure what they do, but at ours, the one that Joel and I go to, there's all... It, this one guy in particular, he really takes his time with it. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time that he does that and hands it to the kids, it's a delight. Yeah. You know, the kids love it. Everyone's happy. Costco's the best. 
But you know what? After a few months of going there, you just want him just to mark the receipt. You want to walk out the door. <laughs> the 26 smiley face is it less effective. Slows, it, and it slows the things down a lot, too. There's yeah. always a line there. And don't you just want to move on out the store? I'm just making a great case here for Aldi. That's what's so great about Aldi. You pull up, you run in, like literally... I'm gone in 60 seconds. It's like Nick Cage. Because <laughs> I'm just going in there. I'm grabbing some milk. I'm grabbing some eggs. Are you driving Eleanor? Or <laughs> yeah. I think that was his car's name. Uh, was it a Shelby Mustang? That's right. Um, yeah. But you can't get that kind of speed when if you're looking yeah. at, uh, at swinging by the Costco. It, it takes 60 seconds even just to like pull into the parking lot. No, that is true. You know? That I mean, true. come on. Uh, well, I think the whole the real reason doesn't have samples. And that's something... That's that true. the kids always love. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I think the main reason that the warehouse clubs say that they check your receipt is to make sure in case, well, in case you forgot something. Like, for instance, if you bought the movie tickets and you forgot to redeem them at the counter, right? They'll send you back and be like, yo, go get your movie tickets. And you that know? actually happened to, didn't that happen one time to Emily? Like, she was supposed, they, they rang her right. up for three of Same with like gift cards or something. Or something. Or yeah, they overrang an item. And yeah. they're like, actually, where's your third one? And she said, oh, no, I've only had two yep. or, or something so like that. So that happens on occasion. I think it's also to prevent theft, to prevent it's, shrinkage. Yeah, That's a huge part of the reason. Exactly. But if AI can solve this problem, Matt, I'm all on board, dude. That's great. That's great. It makes your warehouse exit, uh, warehouse club exit, just a little bit quicker. So, and let's hope, let's hope Costco follows suit because I think you know, well, Samsung is going to get some fans for this. Absolutely. Let's talk about. Well, speaking of cars, let's talk about the FTC because they announced a new rule last month that goes under the cute acronym CARS, <laughs> which stands for Combating Auto Retail Scams. And uh, the main goal of this new rule is to tamp down on bait and switch tactics. From, I hear Mater's a spokesperson for this. But. Oh, from <laughs> Cars, the actual yeah. show. Like, bottom line, like if you are going to buy a vehicle and they kind of get you in the door, they get you on the lot with, you know, they're like, oh, what, I don't know, 19, 99, 98, or whatever it is that they say on the on the commercials. But then at the last second, they're like, oh, actually, in oh, reality, the real, yeah, but we've got this here for you. And in fact, there are some other junk fees that they kind of throw on you. It surprises consumers. So basically, we're talking about just all of the random fees that you see from the finance person at the end of the transaction. They're going to need to be presented earlier in the process. They can't hold the drive it off the lot price until the very last minute. Uh, And there's estimates that this is going to save consumers big chunks of time and money. But I think like with any... Yeah, and I get that. But with any regulation or any new rule or anything that you are requiring businesses or industries to do, I think there are oftentimes unexpected effects of that. And it could even backfire. It just makes me... A friend of ours is thinking about opening... He's an optometrist, ophthalmologist, and he wants to open a practice that doesn't deal with insurance because there is so much that goes into dealing with the bureaucracy and the paperwork and all that comes with accepting non-cash payments, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the requirement of car dealerships uh, having to abide by something like this, it could backfire. Uh, hopefully it doesn't, right? Hopefully, yes, there's a uniform, almost like a truth in lending statement, right? Or like a uh, loan application, not a loan application, but like when you are buying a home and you've got all the numbers and it's uniform across no matter who you apply for uh, when it comes to getting a mortgage. That way you can see and compare apples to apples. Yep. No, I mean, hopefully at least a more transparency. Transparency is yes, is really yeah. the the best thing here for consumers. Dealers are going to have to disclose though when additional items like warranties are mandatory or not, because that can be confusing. For and this is goes back to transparency. If they're forced to be transparent about, oh well, we've got this on here, but no, you you are allowed to take it off. This isn't a, a necessary or a necessity or must have. Or like the insur- or the warranties that are duplicates of an existing car manufacturer's yeah. warranty, and it's like, oh no, no, this is the dealership warranty. It's like. 
oh, well, if you didn't know to ask whether or not that was necessary or whether or not you were already paying for that, yeah. then that's something they could have slapped on there. And let's be honest, the pricing and the add-ons when it comes to like when it comes to buying a home and buying a car, those are the things that confuse consumers regularly. And so, um, yeah, this is this new rule is supposed to go into effect this summer. And it, I think it is likely going to help some consumers and benefit uh, some of the dealerships who operate with integrity, but there's also some of the eye of the beholder element to this rule, right? Like our advice would be to do business with reputable car dealers, no matter what the buy here, pay here lots, stay away from those. Mm-hmm. Those are, have a bad reputation and it's well-earned most of the time. Always try and pay cash, right? Ideally for a used vehicle. So you're not the one taking the biggest depreciation hit, but if you do need to finance, make sure that you've checked with your local credit union, right? As you're likely to get the best loan there, as opposed to getting the loan at the car lot. And most, no, most likely less trickery going on at your at the friend, friendly local credit union Typically. as opposed to the car lot. <laughs> right. And no matter what, always, always get your used car checked out by a mechanic that you trust. That is the biggest place that people get snake bit is buying something that has problem after problem because they didn't spend the time and typically the money, 100 bucks or something like that, to have their trusted mechanic do a thorough inspection of that vehicle before they make the purchase. So yeah, is this new Cars Act, is it going to make a big difference when it comes to folks car buying um, this summer once it gets implemented? Maybe. It really might. Like you said, Matt, how things are overseen from a regulator perspective is going to make all the difference. And the biggest thing, people have to look out for for themselves. And hopefully this brings some transparency, some clarity to the process. But no matter what, buyer beware. That's right. Uh, And speaking of buying expensive items, you're talking about cars here. We will talk about a new rule that might make it easier for you to buy a home. We'll get to that. Plus other great personal finance stories right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, 
Well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, we're back. The Friday flight continues, and of course, we've got to get Bring to it. our ludicrous headline of the week. This one comes from the Wall Street Journal, and it says More people are selling their clothes online, governments want their cut. And uh, this surprise, is surprise. <laughs> this, this is something actually happening across the pond in the UK. But it's 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 interesting. It's not too far off from the IRS reporting requirements That's on true. the payment apps like Venmo sounds, that keep getting punted down the road. Sounds oddly familiar. Yeah, we've talked about those multiple times. How onerous those those would be, because and and it's really good news that those requirements do get, keep getting punted down the road because just kind of splitting up the paycheck a few times over the year with your friends at dinner. Well, that could lead to an unexpected tax bill that then you have to fight. Um, And basically, in this article, the UK tax authority wants online resale marketplaces to report anyone who sells more than a thousand pounds worth of goods. Pounds, by the way, is the UK equivalent of a dollar. Um, So (laughs) not like half of a ton of stuff. (laughs) Right, exactly. And depending on the day, that's something like twelve hundred bucks in sales, right? What is is the British tax authority called? Is it like the Ministry of Tax? That's that's what it should that's what it should be called. (laughs) (laughs) And I am all Matt, you and I are both for all about paying the taxes that we owe. Sure. But this and that six hundred dollar reporting requirement in the US that again keeps getting pushed further and further away just feels silly and burdensome. Are there not a million other avenues in both countries, the UK and the United States, that would create higher rates of compliance on the tax front, and specifically for folks who owe more than just a couple hundred bucks for selling old jeans, t-shirts, and hoodies. Like it does seem silly. It 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 feels like we're chasing after the wrong thing here. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like it, it also just kills the motivation somebody might have to unload a bunch of stuff that they no longer want, right? Yeah. Like, because if on one hand you have the ability to maybe use this easy to use app, and guess what? There are a lot of folks on this app using this thing, trying to find the stuff that you're trying to get rid of. I feel like it could. Um, hinder the starting of new businesses as well because if folks are like man there's so many different like bars I have to clear in order to kind of like run a proper operation here I think it could lead to folks saying well man I don't want to have to deal with that at all I'm just going to stick with my standard job I'm going to throw all my stuff away Hopefully you're at least donating it. And there's but. a whole lot of people who sell something like a thousand bucks. They're not. It's not even a small business. It's literally just clearing out stuff from their home. Yes. Yeah. And, exactly. And they'll, they'll make a thousand, fifteen hundred, two grand in a year. And should you have to pay tax on selling stuff that you're, you know, from your house that you no longer want? I don't know. It seems excessive. Seems crazy. All right. There was a recent Vox article titled "You Don't Need Everything You Want." This is like the opposite of a ludicrous headline. Of the week, because we actually totally agree with uh, this article. Um, It's something I think we all intuitively know, right? That there is a difference between needs and wants. 
But we also live in the richest country in the history of civilization, and it's really easy to lose touch with reality about what purchases are essential and which ones are, are just desires. Here's one of the lines that writer Emily Stewart wrote in this piece. Uh, she said, if you took a European vacation this year, what a delight. Also, it was a privilege, not a right. <laughs> And we couldn't agree more. Uh, you know that we're all about balance here on the show. And we want you to enjoy some of the different wants, some of the other luxuries there in life. Your craft while, equivalents. Yes. But while purposely saving and investing regularly. Um, and personally, this is, I think, one of the reasons I'm so hesitant to like introduce new expenses into my life is because I know my tendency, which is once you experience something, I think it can be so e- It's a slippery slope to start saying, oh, man. If I'm enjoying that that much just with a little bit, why not make that something that I regularly uh, incorporate in, yeah. into my life? And, and then all of a sudden, it's just something you can't live without. And then you're like the French philosopher, the Diderot. Hedonic, yes. Yeah. Diderot, I was going to say, I was going to talk about the hedonic treadmill because yeah. you got that. It's just something that you have to maintain just to keep like the bare minimum or like whatever is your standard level of happiness. And all of a sudden, you're wearing velvet every day, eating <laughs> caviar every night. Like that becomes a problem real quick. And I, I think I am wearing a cashmere sweater today. So luxurious. <laughs> so soft against my skin. And everyone knows, like this is like so simplistic, so rudimentary. Everyone knows, yes, of course there's differences between, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But it, that, I think this is why it's so crucial to keep our expectations in check because it's so much easier said than done when we start to assume that certain expenses are this God-given right that makes it more difficult for us, I think, to yeah. cut back on that spending if the price goes up or if our incomes goes down because then it's like well this is just like this is what i'm owed i'm treating myself to it um you even you don't even really think of it in terms of treating yourself anymore it's just that this is the standard that this you don't is something below. i do yeah exactly and so i think the more that we can keep those proverbial goalposts from moving the less inclined we'll feel to make purchases out of a sense of entitlement and the more money we'll be able to funnel towards reaching greater levels of financial independence so it's a good idea to start asking yourself the question what am i treating like a need that's actually just a want and if it's moving the needle for your happiness in a significant way that's great yeah. awesome like Go for it. Yeah. Keep spending money in that direction. But if it's not, consider axing it from your life. I do think, Matt, there are these things. You're right. Like we start to pick up new expenses because we just get used to inflating our lifestyle. And again, purposely inflating your lifestyle on certain things, nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's, But it is when we take that, I think, mindset that like, oh, this is a need, even though it is just a want. We can form an incorrect relationship to that expense. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to just being honest with ourselves. And so often not the not we just fool ourselves into thinking that something <laughs> actually is a necessity. But like, yeah. come on, let's let's be real. And you're talking about like axing things from our lives or from our, our budgets. I think it can be really difficult to look like item by item at some of the different things that we, that we might remove from our lives. And it reminds me of our conversation with Liz Chai, where uh, a few weeks ago, and she basically, the episode was buying essentially nothing for, for a year. Yep. And we, the title of her book. It's yeah. the title of her book. Um, when we talked with her, we asked why it is that she went this route. And she found that to do something that extreme was what it took to register like in her mind that she was living a different life as opposed to like a small change. Well, it's easy to fall off the wagon if you're just doing making some of these small tweaks. And so I think a lot of it comes down to the individual and, and knowing yourself. But I totally get that premise, right? Like it makes me think of somebody who's trying to get fit and they're like, maybe I'll just go, I'll go for a jog around the neighborhood. It's tough to like subscribe to that as a workout plan versus saying, I'm gonna go ahead and sign up for a 10K. Oh, whoa. Okay, all of a sudden a 10K, <laughs> that's like, that's serious. That means I'm gonna need to start putting together a plan 
And similarly, when it comes to our budgets, whether it's something as extreme as saying, I'm not going to buy anything for a year, or even instead of trying to whittle your budget down, like lighting it on fire, like burning it down, starting from scratch, building it up from the ground up. And all yeah. of a sudden you're questioning every single thing rather than just making assumptions that, oh, this is something I've got to keep around because, well, you know, well, why? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Like, what, what's the actual reason? And what are your other... I think it prevents us from achieving maybe some of those bigger goals we might implement if we di- weren't spending yeah. so much on other things. Totally we, agree. We might have the ability to say, wait a second, I could reach full financial independence earlier. Or wait, even more than that, I could take that sabbatical that I've wanted to take. Or I could switch careers because my savings rate could be higher than it is. Or And, and, and it just... Or I we think, could just have less stress in our lives because we've got so much more financial margin. 100%. It doesn't have to be like this extreme thing, but like that looks like something big on the outside, but even for you internally, from a psychological standpoint, emotionally, uh, it could make a massive difference. Yeah, I agree. And so much comes down to just our misperception of wants versus needs. And again, we know it down at like this intuitive human level, but when we act differently mm-hmm. in our daily lives. All right, let's talk about bank fees for a second, Matt. The uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, overall, a fantastic organization. The helped a lot CFPB. of consumers. The CFPB. Great folks. We uh, interviewed the original director of the CFPB, Richard Cordray, back in the day. Awesome dude. Mm -hmm. Um, Love his mission. Um, And he's doing something else now. I forget what his job is. But the the CFPB wants to reduce overdraft fees. This is kind of something new that they're tackling. There's just a proposal right now, but they want to take the average overdraft fee from somewhere in the $30 range uh, to somewhere in the $3 to $14 range. They're trying to figure out, well, what should overdraft fees mm-hmm. actually be how high should they be that would represent a significant savings for people every time they uh overdraw their account and let's be honest matt the fees currently being charged by many banks across the country are not reflective of the actual costs incurred when a customer does overdraw their account like it doesn't actually cost the bank 35 bucks this no. is just a massive <laughs> profit center for many of them yes uh to the tune of billions and billions of dollars i remember there was one ceo at one point who named a boat that he bought Overdraft, uh, because that's how it was paid for. Those the, that's so gross. It's ridiculous. Like, isn't that, it, it feels so predatory and nasty. And it, like, how did that boat not get sunk? Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, you name it that. You're like, like begging on, for someone to light it like, on fire. Yeah, it's like putting that on your vanity <laughs> on your car. Like you're just asking for your car to get completely right. keyed or having your tires slashed. It's true. It's true. And these fees often stack up. Some banks even would put them in the incorrect order to maximize overdraft fees, it's ridiculous. Uh, they, they harm Americans in particular who are already living on the financial precipice. And I, I wasn't really shocked, Matt, to see the banks defending these exorbitant overdraft fees, but I was actually kind of surprised to see the guy who is the CEO of America's Credit Union say that implementing this rule would harm consumers. I saw that. That reducing overdraft fees would be harmful to everyday Americans? Like, like, come on. There's an argument that, oh, this allows folks to pay their bills, but we're going to charge you for it. But, like, this just lowers the fee. This is a, I don't understand his argument because yeah. it's not like we're talking about getting rid of that altogether. We're just talking about lowering the fee. So it's still going right. to be available. But, yeah, how does this compute? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And so, like, while you and I, we did credit unions, many of them still charge ridiculous overdraft fees, too. It's not just the banks. Some of the credit unions also partake in this behavior, which is not okay. But at the same time, do, do we need the CFPB to come in and fix this? That's a good question. Uh, it seems like the trend towards eliminating overdraft fees is already in full swing. It's something we've been exactly. talking about. Yeah, this rule, it feels like it, like it's happening years after it could have actually had a real impact. Yeah, maybe uh, the, go back to like 2010 yeah, and do it then. Exactly, like right after the housing crisis. <laughs> uh, the facts on the ground show that many banks have been eliminating overdraft fees altogether on their own and that consumers actually have a lot of choice on where it is that they choose to do their 
choose to do their banking. Uh, the CFPB, they literally published something last fall documenting the dramatic decline in non-sufficient funds being charged by banks. They just highlighted the billions of dollars that consumers have actually been able to save. You know, it was like published in October, and they're basically <laughs> saying, hey, everything's moving in the right direction, and now they're saying, wait a second, now we need to get it's involved just, and it's crack the, down. It's them justifying their job. It's like busy work. It's kind of what it feels like, doesn't it? Uh, but the banks that we mention reg- regularly here on the show, they don't charge crappy fees like that. We've talked about how Ally, they eliminated them during back during the pandemic. felt like a great step in the right direction. Capital One, they followed suit shortly thereafter. Uh, but then Discover, CIT, they don't charge those fees either. And so if you're paying fees to the banks, it just means that you need to switch banks. Yeah. And uh, we've got some articles. We've got a lot, this plenty is of articles of, up, up on the site, but we'll link to one in the show notes about how easy it can be. I think a, it, a lot of folks build it up in their minds as, as this big thing, but it's really not that difficult. Yeah. And we'll link to that in the show notes. When we, when we mention different banks that we think people should do business with, there's a number of factors you and I are taking into consideration. One of them is interest rates. It's not just the interest rate. One of it's them is customer fees. service. One of them is fees or lack thereof. Yeah. And we want to recommend uh, financial institutions who aren't charging you fees that are completely ridiculous, made up, and absurd. And all of the banks that we recommend regularly don't do that. So, yeah, look into the ones we recommend. If you're with one of the big banks, not only are you getting paid nothing on your savings account, but you're also likely subjecting yourself to non-sufficient fund fees that are ridiculous. And, and hopefully you're avoiding them anyway because you're keeping enough cash in your account. Exactly. But still, I'd rather do business with an institution that doesn't charge those junk fees. And Bank of America, I think they reduced theirs from like 35 bucks to 10 bucks. So even the big banks are getting better on this front, but they're still not Things still aren't where they need to be. Totally. All right, let's talk about uh, another fee, Matt, that gets charged to people, that gets levied to people, that also might be going away soon. This is something we are big fans of. Like uh, th- this one's going to help home buyers. Title insurance mm-hmm. has always been a must-have. I think when you're buying a home, but it's also incredibly expensive, right? You have to protect yourself in this way, but it feels like blackmail because it's so darn expensive and there are so few instances of title fraud. And most of the time it can cost a buyer something like a thousand bucks or more to get title insurance when they're buying yeah. a home. So that's a big line item. Depending on your state. In those closing cost costs. Of the home. Yeah. In some states, it's even more severe. I think Texas is one of those places where the uh, title insurance can be crazy, crazy expensive. But Fannie Mae has said that they're going to start accepting an alternative to title insurance, which is an attorney opinion letter. And because of Fannie Mae's size and influence over the mortgage market, this is actually going to have a major impact in the near future. It's always a good idea to question closing costs and fees and to push back. And title insurance, like I said, it's always been this kind of grin and bear it necessity to protect yourself, even though it's overpriced and almost never used. You're not going to be as fully covered right? Because you're not buying some traditional form of insurance. But these new looser guidelines, I think are going to save millions of home buyers a significant amount of money at the closing table. I like an alternative choice, at mm-hmm. least to save yourself uh, some money and to still feel like there's some protection um, that there's kind of a, a lawyer who's done the digging to say, wait, this title is free and clear. And you don't have to pay the blackmail title insurance fee uh, that could run into four figures. Yeah, it, it just feels like a, a very antiquated line item on the mortgage loan ap- cost ap- application form yeah. uh, and the ability for us to be able to push back a little bit. Like, I almost feel like, like granted, we're t- we're t- we are talking about saving potentially thousands of dollars when you when you purchase a home. But I, just, I love the mindset that goes into this, too, as far as saying, is this something that we need anymore? It's, it's taking sort of like what I was saying earlier about like burning your entire budget down <laughs> and starting from scratch. But it, it's it's a fresh look at something that 
feels locked in from like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same reason why I am glad to see there being cases being... Uh, lawsuits being presented in court just with like the National Re uh, Association of Realtors where we're asking the question is this fee structure it, does it make sense still for how it is that we currently yeah. operate with our in, during our modern financial times here yeah, especially so. as the home buying process has shifted and homeowners are often doing a lot of the searching looking yeah. themselves like yeah do, it, it, things have changed things have changed yeah and, and this should could the even, old model remain forever yeah and this could even like grease the skids a little bit right just as far as getting things moving yeah. again so bottom line I, I like the progressive nature of this and how we're kind of questioning some of these especially some of these fees like you're saying yeah. are oftentimes unnecessary but, buddy, you know what? That's going to be it for this Friday flight. So we hope everyone out there has a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you back here on Monday with a fresh Ask How to Money episode. No uh, doubt. That we got lined up for you. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.